Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Live, Learn, and Play podcast. I am your host, Kristen Bandy, and today I am talking to Dr. Joanna Mack. Dr. Mack is an assistant professor at UAMS practicing here at Arkansas Children's Hospital. She is a pediatric hematologist-oncologist and is a member of the Vascular Anomaly Center of Excellence and provides care for these complex patients. Dr. Mack, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. To start us off, what is a vascular anomaly? So a vascular anomaly is the presentation and development of abnormal blood vessels. So really, at its core, it's abnormal blood vessels. Vascular anomalies is the umbrella of all vascular tumors and malformations. So it's broken up into two groups, the vascular tumors and vascular malformations. Vascular tumors are caused by different things and vascular malformations are caused by different things. And so I'll give you one of the most common vascular tumors. It's infantile hemangiomas. used to be called a strawberry hemangioma or just like a little group of blood vessels on somebody's arm or face. And so that specific infantile hemangioma is, like the name says, it's often seen in infants. They've been thought to just resolve on its own and have no complications. But over time, we've really seen that if they occur in certain places of the body, the tip of the nose, near the eye, in the genitourinary tract, it can cause a lot of issues like ulceration and bleeding. And actually, you know, going back to your question, Kristen, you said, what causes it? Arkansas Children's was the first to discover many years ago that hemangiomas express this specific marker, it's called GLUT1, that suggests they arise from stem cells from the placenta. Really? Mm-hmm, which is pretty cool. One, we discovered it here at Arkansas Children's, and two, to, to think that it came from the stem cell of placenta. These infantile hemangiomas can have this rapid growth spurt for about six to eight months and then start to resolve, or what we call involute, and they, they start to go away. But during that time when they're growing exponentially, they can cause a lot of the skin to stretch and ulceration and bleeding, and those are some of the patients who need treatment. What are some of the treatment options available? We have treatments like laser therapy, systemic treatment like propranolol, and sometimes even surgical resection of just taking that hemangioma out. Is there ever a time when surgery is the best treatment option? Um, Yes, some infantile hemangiomas are more amenable to just surgical resection and like the more simple ones, and sometimes that's, that's what will happen. I honestly never realized vascular anomalies could cause so many long-term issues. I kind of assumed that most kids grew out of them. Yeah, you know, and there are some that are like that. So vascular birthmarks. Have you ever heard of the term um, angel's kiss or store spite? So the angel's kiss is kind of this little um, pinkish patch on the forehead. You know, newborn babies have this. And then the stork's bite is something that happens on the nape of the neck. If you just, you can see it there. And at its core, at at its foundation, it's actually a capillary malformation, um, which over time it can just get lighter and not cause any problems. Sometimes people will have more of a significant capillary malformation on their face that laser treatment may, may be needed. What are some of the health risks associated with that type of vascular anomaly? So vascular malformations are different from vascular tumors. They're composed of like a network of inappropriately connected vessels, and they can sometimes be as progressive and destructive and um, and have issues within the body. So basically, they're named after the type of vessel that they have that are malformed. So capillary, venous, arterial, or lymphatic. 
And each of those malformations can be associated with overgrowth of a specific part of the body. And so when it comes to complications, it's just, it can be anything. It can be um, bleeding. It can be clotting. It can be ulceration. Um, it can be pain, decreased mobility, um, heart failure, oh, wow. uh, difficulty breathing, difficulty moving one arm or one leg. That's what makes this field so interesting. And it's people who are knowledgeable about vascular anomalies is needed um, to treat these patients with the best care. When a child has a vascular anomaly or malformation, how much does it affect their day-to-day activities or ability to play sports? It really depends on what type of vascular malformation or vascular anomalies they have. Some vascular anomalies can just be, you know, just completely resected and have no issues. And some patients with more complex vascular malformations like Klippel-Trainani syndrome or Cloves or Proteus syndrome may have more issues with bleeding and clotting. And some of our patients, we put on blood thinners to help prevent that clotting. And so those patients would be more restricted in um, participating in contact sports. Patients with um, certain vascular malformations, especially the more complex ones, um, like Klippel-Trainowney syndrome, that just means they have not just one vessel that's abnormal. They may have venous malformations, capillary malformations, and also lymphatic malformations all in one patient with an associated overgrowth of a limb, sometimes involving one leg, like let's just say the right leg has all those vessels and also that one leg is probably two or three times larger than the left leg. And so those patients who have multiple abnormal vessels, especially venous vessels, they can be more likely to bleed and more likely to clot. And those are the patients that we may put on a blood thinner in order to prevent them from having all those other complications of clotting and pain. We've talked about how some vascular anomalies can appear in very visible areas of the body. In your experience, can this cause self-esteem issues? And what are some things a parent can look out for to tell if their kid might be struggling? So it can definitely affect a child's self-esteem some of the signs that you can also look for is they're not wanting to go to school anymore because they don't want to be around people who may be bullying them or teasing them. They may want to wear pants or sweatpants in the peak of summer just to hide their vascular malformation if it's involving one of their legs. They may want to retreat from activities, from friends, from family, just because they have a hard time figuring out, why am I so different? How long have you been treating vascular anomalies? I have been in this field for about six to seven years. With the recent movement the last several years towards celebrating all of the things that make us different, have you noticed a change in the way kids view themselves or that there's less bullying? I believe that the bullying and the teasing still goes on, but what I have found in the six or seven years that I've been involved with this specific population is that the the patient themselves have been more accepting of their vascular anomaly. I have some teenagers who have capillary malformations on their face and throughout their body, and they don't want any laser treatment to it. They don't want to change anything unless they're having pain or issues, and they love their birthmark. I love that. I am so glad to hear that the younger generation is becoming more accepting of their differences. Absolutely, and I have a lot of patients, although they with COVID, you know, people are doing homeschooling, but a lot of our patients are going to school and being around other kids. And I think that's what helps get 
vascular anomalies more attention and more acceptance in the world. I've learned the more we talk about our differences, the more open we are, the more they become accepted. Yeah. That leads to my next question. How can parents explain vascular anomalies to other kids? That's a great question. And I think about just things with my own kids too. If they had a scar on their face, how would I explain that to other kids their age? I probably would say my child has just different vessels, different unique vessels that you can see more on their skin and on their face. We all have vessels and they just have a little bit more. I love that. I think it's a perfect response. Deep down, kids are really just curious. And I think that that creates that teachable moment, right? So if a, if a child, say one of my patients with the vascular anomaly, starts school and a child says, well, what's that on your face or what's that on your leg? That is that perfect teachable moment to say, well, actually, it's, I just have a few more vessels than you do. And they can go throughout their whole life knowing, oh, I've, I have a friend who has a capillary malformation or a vascular anomaly. And I think that's where it starts, right? Those teachable moments and that acceptance and, and building character for everybody. A lot of your patients are too young to be self-conscious. Have you noticed that for those kids, it's the parents who assume the self-esteem issues and struggle with the emotional side of their kid having a vascular anomaly? Yeah, absolutely. I think that as parents, we just want to protect our kids. And we know how elementary school kids, high school kids can just be um, scared of people that are different from them. And so we, we definitely see that aspect in our parents, especially if they come in and see us when their baby's only two months old. Sometimes we don't see them until they're teenagers, um, but the younger ones, you can see that anxiety and, and that fear in, in, in the parents' eyes. And we have a great support system here. Um, our child life specialists are fantastic, and, you know, I'm an oncologist as well. And so some of those times when a, a child is going back to school and they still don't have hair, our child life specialists will do like a a virtual conference with the kids before before that child goes back to school and, and shows them this is what Bobby's going to look like when he comes back to school. It's normal. It's part of his treatment. And so those are things that we talk about when a child is ready to go to kindergarten or high school or whatever it is, having that conference with the teachers and with the kids and maybe even with the parents to, to show them that, look, a child who is unique with the vascular anomalies is going to be in your class. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to show them that although there's something different about them, that makes them just special. I love that we do that. It's such an awesome program and it gives the kids a little warning. So maybe they don't have as many questions on the first day of school. It, it sets up the whole school year in a better place. I think as parents, and you touched on this, we remember what it was like in elementary school, middle school, high school, and we hope our kids don't experience that level of bullying and rudeness. I know that it will never go away, but I'm hopeful that it won't be the same experience that we had and that this generation of kids can grow up with a little bit more acceptance. Right, exactly, exactly. And you know, when they're younger, it, I feel like it's the parents who need a lot of support initially. And I found that we have a lot of support groups or advocate groups for certain, like Clipple Trainani, what we talked about earlier. Um, there, there's a big organization. It's called the KT Support Group, and their objective is to help bridge that gap between patient needs and research for long-term treatment. They have webinars, social media interaction, phone support. 
They have meetings throughout the year and they involve the providers, the patients, the families and other families. And so there's a lot of support for parents out there. Where could our listeners go to find some of these resources? We actually have a list of resources on our Vascular Anomaly Center of Excellence website at Arkansas Children's that has all the other advocacy groups for different vascular anomalies. That's great. We'll link those in the show notes. Dr. Mack, what drew you to this particular field? I'm a pediatric hematologist, oncologist, and within that field, I was looking for a specific niche, a place that I can make a difference. And I met Dr. Grisham Richter, who is an ENT surgeon, and he is the director of our Vascular Anomaly Center. And we met one day, and he said, you know, I think vascular anomalies is worse than cancer. And I said, "Uh, Dr. Richter, I'm not sure if I agree with you on that. And he said, well, hear me out. Vascular anomalies is so rare that there's no true curable treatment for it. We are treating symptoms. There's nothing that we can do unless it's a simple vascular anomalies where you can just completely resect it. Patients who have clippal trainowni who are more complex, there isn't a cure for it. It's we're, we're treating them based on their symptoms to give them a better quality of life. And so he said, this is the place that you can make a huge difference in somebody's life if we can one, provide them with the most up-to-date and the best care, and then also continue to to pour into the research to find a cure for them. And that's why I got into it, because I wanted to make a difference in somebody who had a vascular anomaly's life. I know you do. I can see the passion you have for these kids just speaking to you here. And you know what's so cool too, Kristen, right now is there's this genetic targeted therapy era that is exploding in, in vascular anomalies. We're finding more and more genetic mutations in in patients with clippal trainowni syndrome and the more complex syndromes. And we are able to use some of our targeted therapy that we use in the cancer world. And now we can use them in patients with vascular anomalies to hopefully give them a cure and hopefully give them a better quality of life and a longer life. That's what makes our group special. We're considered a vascular anomaly center of excellence. We're a multidisciplinary team. And just, you know, with the way I've described what vascular anomalies is, you need a multidisciplinary team. It's not one specialty that can help treat these patients. You need surgeons, you need hematologists, you need psychologists, which we are, are very, very fortunate to have a psychologist as part of our group who sees every single patient in our clinics and provides that support for them and for their families. We have a gynecologist, Dr. Hollenbeck. I don't know if we talked about this earlier, Kristen, but we not only treat kids here, but we treat from birth to 99 years old. Once a patient, always a patient. Exactly, exactly. And and so we have some patients who are thinking about family planning, and their vascular malformation may involve parts of those organs that require somebody to make a family. And, and Dr. Hollenbeck is there to provide that, that counseling and that, that help for them. It's amazing. We have interventional radiologists. We have orthopedic surgeons. We have a, an amazing staff of nurses who are in constant contact with our, with our patients and their families and provide that support as well. It seems like you have every base covered, and I really love that you have 
a psychologist on staff, you cover the mental health aspect as well as the physical. And I know that that is so important for these kids and their parents. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. We've had we've had a lot of support from our hospital, you know, Dr. Barr and Marcy, just they want to continue to help it grow and establish us as one of the leaders in this field. Well, I came into this knowing very little about vascular anomalies and genuinely feel like I learned so much. Thank you for joining us today. It was very insightful. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for letting me talk about these very, very special patients that I hold near and dear to my heart. And I hope that the more podcasts we do, the more articles we do, the more people will learn about vascular anomalies, accept patients with vascular anomalies who are unique and different from them and we'll get closer and closer to a cure for these patients. Dr. Mack, thank you again for joining us. It was truly informative. To our listeners, if you want to learn more about vascular anomalies and the work we're doing here at Arkansas Children's, you can check the show notes and we will link some resources there. And thank you everyone for listening. 